0: Welcome to the Generous Business Owner Podcast, where business owners gain inspiration and encouragement to live a legacy, not just leave one. And now your hosts, Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. This is Jeff Thomas, the host of the Generous Business Owner Podcast. And I've got here with me one of my co-hosts, Jeff Rutt. Jeff, say hello. Hey, how you doing, Jeff? Great to see you. Uh, thanks for joining today. Uh, there is a hot topic uh, in the news. It doesn't get any hotter, quite frankly. It's frankly, sad news, but but hot nonetheless. And it's a topic you know quite a bit about. So we're kind of doing a special edition here. I would call this a special edition. We'll try to release this as quickly as we can because it is so timely. But the topic is Ukraine and the invasion of Ukraine, by Russia, and for those that don't know, Jeff Rutt is the founder of Hope International, which is a Christian microfinance nonprofit based in his his part of the woods in Pennsylvania. And Jeff was sharing with me earlier some of the background. This is where Hope started. He's been there. His family's been there. i I told him earlier that I've been reading the history, like most of you, of 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 the history of that area. But he's actually set foot there, I believe, multiple times. Is that right, Jeff? Yes. Yeah. yeah, Many times. And so I thought we'd just ask him some questions about his perspective, maybe the history of his exposure there, what he knows of the people and what he knows the needs to be. Because I know we have a corporate giving program. I mean, the title of this podcast is the Generous Business Owner Podcast. I think we're all trying to figure out how do we best help? And this is live topic. I've got the head of our giving committee working on that exactly to determine exactly where we're going to give as a committee to help this. So I'm actually supremely interested in this topic and hearing from Jeff. So rather than me sit around and just uh, talk to him on the phone, why don't we record this and have you guys at home be able to hear this as well and benefit from that? So with that, Jeff, maybe just tell us some history of, of Ukraine and hope and how, how, how that all came together.
1: Yeah, but before I get started, Jeff, thank you for, for kind of uh, winging this live because it, it is a, a hot topic and it's unfortunate that yes. we are in this situation, but our friends in Ukraine are suffering big time right now. They need our prayers. They need our support. If you are, I'll mention this later, but if you are interested in, in checking out Hope International's work in, in our Rebuilding Ukraine fund, just go to hopeinternational.org forward slash Ukraine slash assistance dash fund. And there's a lot of folks partnering with us already as we consider in advance what it's going to take to rebuild that beautiful country. And, and you know, as we consider how it's been being destroyed as we speak. But just a little bit about our history, uh, about 25 years ago, a little bit more than 25 years ago, my daughter Alisa and I showed up in Ukraine. I'm showing Jeff a picture of her and she was in third grade. We did a just a little bit of a feasibility trip. Our church at the time, Calvary Monument Church, had considered, how can we partner with this church? They call themselves South Church there in Zaporozhye, Ukraine, southeastern Ukraine, which, by the way, is surrounded by Russian troops right now. There's a mm-hmm. nuclear plant there. And I'm very, very concerned that Putin's just crazy enough to, to do something very, yeah, you know, it's just, it would be unfathomable. Yeah. But we, we showed up in Zaporozhia because we had formed a partnership in the mid-90s with the South Church in you know, a small church there just with Slavic Gospel Mission, and we were just looking for ways to help. And they said, the way you can help is send food. Mm-hmm. So we did that. We sent containers of food and medical supplies for about five years in a row. And that was prior to me reading the book, Toxic Charity. But I was, I was following Robert Lupton's guideline to talk to charity, you know, the five steps. Appreciation is that first gift, our first gift container to the, our friends in Ukraine. We were just trying to help. That first gift was appreciation. Second gift, so the second year we sent another container, was uh, anticipation. So we got appreciation, anticipation. We went on for five years. Appreciation, anticipation, expectation, entitlement, and dependency. We hit all five, Jeff, perfectly. We were perfect toxic charity addicts. Um, <laughs> the time the pastor we were working with there said, "Time out, guys, you know, honestly, you're we we appreciate your heart and your intentions, but your helping is actually hurting, hurting us. You know, it's actually creating you know this entitlement and dependency. So we started on this journey to look for ways to, come alongside of the families we were serving and look for ways to rebuild dignity in their lives by using what was in their hands. So Hope International was born. We do financial services, saving services, microfinance, loan, microenterprise services for families, about a million families around the world now in 16 countries, but started right there in Zaporozhye, Ukraine. And We've loaned out now about one point four billion dollars in tiny loans, you know loans starting as low as twenty dollars., but that's where it all started in ukraine. we I remember we had a uh, when we got our twelfth loan out, everybody you know several people told us this is not going to work in Ukraine, you know, former Soviet Union, there's a lot you know entrepreneurship is not a thing. Mm. You know, small business uh, repaying a loan are not going to work, especially. There's very little trust, you know, folks coming from the West. But so we had a little party when we got to 12 loans. And then we had a big party when we got to 20 loans. So, (laughs) but uh, sorry, I'll take a breath. But that was, yeah, that was a little bit of history.
0: Well, one of the things you were uh, mentioning when we, before we started the podcast was uh, that because you've been over there so much, you know, every country kind of has its own culture. You know, and the people have a, a particular kind of personality and that sort of thing. So what are the people like there?
1: Oh, my word. It's such a uh, such such a sweet, gracious, hospitable people. I can. They love their country. They love their freedom of religion. They love their ability to just thrive. They've been over the last 25 years that we've been closely involved with families in Ukraine, all over Ukraine, Again, it was the first country that Hope International worked in. I've watched and and learned to know uh, families there, and they just—they're just such great people. And the church is thriving. You know, we partner with the church there. Hope International is not a church, but we have our five W meetings: welcome, worship, word, work, and wrap up. And we pray together, serve together, save together, and encourage together. And we try to you know, point families towards the local church and such an amazing, very resilient people. And you I think you're seeing some of this as you see news clips where, um, you know, they're going to fight for their freedom. They're going to fight. They're they are not going to go down without a fight. And, and And when you know them, it's not because they're aggressive or, you know, trying to be aggressors. But they're not going to, they're also not going to give up their freedom and give up what they've gotten a taste of mm-hmm. what it's like to thrive, you know, personally, socially, financially, spiritually, and
0: they don't want to give that up. Isn't that a big part of what, as you say that, you know, I was having a conversation yesterday with a friend who's kind of a, a history buff, doesn't have the experience you've had there. But, you know, one of the things we were talking about how a lot of times when people get attacked, maybe they're in emerging markets that, that aren't as economically developed, perhaps. But these are pretty well educated people, by and large. Isn't yes. there a larger and, and oh, so yeah. a lot of people have cell phones, like they're recording things? It's a very first world view that we're getting. And so we, you know, we, of course, in the West take those freedoms for granted. But maybe you can speak a little more about, you know, the education level. Their appreciation for freedom. Yeah, that's what sort of, I think. It's really the, uh, interesting to somebody who doesn't know the culture.
1: Yeah, so a little bit of history from our perspective. What we've noticed is that the literacy rate is off the charts. I mean, mm. they're just very, very high literacy rate. the the uh, The spiritual darkness was real at, you know, after the fall of, uh, of communism and the breakup of the, the former Soviet Union. In that country, the the church has grown. I think when we started. Working in Ukraine, there were there were there was one church for every one hundred thousand people, and I I joke with people here in Lancaster County. There's a hundred thousand churches for every person, uh, <laughs> <Right>. but <laughs> but seriously, in in the West, I mean, most of us have pretty good access to churches, to access to any kind of literature, Bible. You know, you you mentioned several different devotional resources. That's not you know they were not able to take that for granted twenty five years ago. But that has that has moved the needle has moved in the right direction. There's been a definite spiritual awakening in Ukraine. and of course, like any country that opens up like that, there's a lot of other unfortunately cults and other forces coming in to, to compete with you know with that as well, with the church. But there's been tremendous advancement, you know in that regard. and the church is I, I think that from what I've read and, and talked to our fa- the families we serve and work with and partner with in, in Ukraine, there's been a lot of collaboration and partnership and working together with the local church to both shelter, protect, pray with support you know the families there right on the front lines of, of a war
0: I, I haven't asked you this before, and it's okay if you don't know off the cuff because we're doing this kind of live without a lot of you know digging in into research but what percentage of the country you think is christian i'm just curious any any wild guess yeah
1: all i know is it's it's improved i don't yeah. but i i i can get that answer for it's you you know that, yeah it's definitely increasing yes yeah and there's there's definitely a thirst and a an additional interest and hunger for for the word of god the, the other the other uh interesting aspect is And I know that's, this is kind of, we're kind of winging it on this podcast, but about the same time Hope started, some of the staff there at at Hope International, including Cindy Marty, Paul Marty's wife, started a children's ministry called Tomorrow Clubs. Mm -hmm. And that has grown dramatically. And Tomorrow Clubs is basically, if you're familiar with Awana, it's a Bible memory course, Mm -hmm. six through 16 for kids, and they have hobby classes. And that just flourished from, you know, since 1998, basically, and has grown all over Ukraine. And we're, we're now in about 17 countries, over 25,000 kids meet weekly to memorize God's word. That in my, you know, when I think back, as I watch on the news and watch Ukraine being destroyed by Putin and, you know, children being literally, you know, murdered in their homes, it's heartbreaking. At the same time, thinking back, it's it's encouraging to be able to share with the partners, you're like yourself, and so many other thousands of families that partnered with Open International, partnered with Tomorrow Clubs, that the word of God has been instilled in the hearts of the, the kids, of the families that we serve on the front line that would not have been there.
0: Well, so one of the things that I'm thinking about is... If I read, we haven't talked about this, but I think I'm on the you know, we're givers to hope, so I get the emails and that sort of thing. And I saw an email, or maybe it was a LinkedIn post by Peter Greer talking about suspending normal operations for Hope. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, just for for us that don't know as much about that region, for a guy that's been there, you, you, you'll you know more about it than just about anybody. As you look at this, just as with who you are, what are the needs that first pop into your brain? You know, Is it, okay, we got to protect the, the Christian folks. We just got to get food. We got to get uh, physical protection. Yeah. What are the first basic needs? Uh, we'll get into the fund a little bit here in a minute, and we'll put a link to that, by the way, in the yeah. show notes uh, yeah. so people can click on it. But from just from a basic perspective, from Jeff Rutt, what are the first things that you think are the needs that pop into your brain?
1: Yeah, I would put it in three categories. I mean, the first one is, you, you know, when you're getting, when, when uh, bombs are falling out of the sky and, you know, the tanks are rolling into Kiev, you're not trying to give somebody a loan or teach, right, teach right. them how to save. Basic you know, needs. We're, 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 A, just trying to support them and keep them safe. Yes. You know, our, our, particularly our, our staff, we have 47, 47 staff there that wow. manage all of our programs in, in Ukraine. It's a lot the this, so we've been looking for ways to stay in touch with them daily pray for them please pray for our staff and our clients who are i mean obviously their businesses you you can't have your your your, your kiosk on the street isn't going to thrive too well when there's the russian tanks are are rolling through so they're they're hunkered down they are very resilient people i think i was telling you earlier and this is Part of our, our uh, my other responsibility on the building company, my son runs the, uh, the sales and marketing side and we, we outsource some of our digital marketing to a firm in Ukraine. Oh, wow. And they were, they were talking yesterday, you know, they were online going back and forth and they were supposed to have a meeting, you know, a Teams meeting or some kind of a, a virtual meeting and they, they got a text from, from their, you know, consultant there that said, Sorry, we're going to be late for the meeting. We're in we're in a bomb shelter, you know. So
0: pretty good excuse.
1: <laughs> oh my word! Yeah, I can't, so uh, I can't even
0: imagine that situation. It is right? like we can't even imagine. Here we are,
1: yeah. uh, on a oh, beautiful
0: yeah. afternoon having a conversation. Yeah. We're not thinking about that stuff. Yeah,
1: we get uh, stuck in traffic or right. too late I get lunch, frustrated. Yeah, that's a, that's our excuse for being yeah. late. But they're they're in a bomb shelter. But I would say three three areas. Number one, just pure shelter and oh, yeah. food. Medicals, you know, there's, a, there's yeah. a, a shortage of medical supplies in, in some of the areas, as you can imagine, just getting resources to them to survive. So that, that's number one. Number two, I would say, as far as our clients, the thousands of clients that we have in the country, number two is going to be putting a, a pause, a stay on loan payments, you yeah. know, just figuring out, I mean, this is obviously unprecedented, nothing they could have done to- sure. Course. avoid this and so we're we're going to put a, a stay on that and then and then the third area and we're trying to move as quickly as possible to look ahead we don't know what's going to happen you know 5 minutes from now let, let alone 5 days from now but our plan right now is to look ahead and how do we rebuild even as putin is destroying the country how do we rebuild so how do we start putting resources together mobilize resources so that we can first protect second not, you know, ask too much of, you know, make sure we're giving grace. And then number three, how do we rebuild? So how do we recapitalize these businesses that have done so well over the last 25 years and, you know, or five years or five months, depending on how long a client has been involved with their program there. But I I would say through all of that, please, you know, the, the thing, the biggest thing I could ask for is a shield... An umbrella, a surrounding of prayer, because that's, that's what
0: Most powerful the biggest thing we can
1: be doing right now is multiplying the, the prayer warriors. I'm going to give you a couple specific prayer requests if I okay. can. And we could always come back to more questions, but sure. pray for the staff there. As I said, many of our staff are very close to the fighting. Yeah, especially there in the north, in the east, and the south of Ukraine. Northeast and South, all all those three parts of the country. Pray for safety and wisdom as they go through their day to day life near an ongoing attack. There's you know artillery coming in from all sides, and then some of the, some of our staff are en route to the west, out into the Mukachevo region. So be praying for them as well. Pray for no delays. There's some fuel shortages. Just pray specifically. Pray for the Hope Ukraine leadership as they care for the staff there in Ukraine. Andrei Barkov is our leader, uh, has been with Hope for 25 years, since the beginning, and is just passionate about impacting lives there in Ukraine. And it would be heartbreaking to have any of our staff be hurt, wounded, or worse. Yeah, pray for clarity of mind for our leadership pray for in general for the Ukrainian church as they continue to serve in the communities there as i said earlier they're growing pray for their faith hope and love yeah pray for the <laughs> as he's watching the news you know these guys just making the you know the the bottle bombs the, like the little ways to defend the country and they're de- they're defended against tanks and yeah. you know Migs. It's just crazy. But pray for those defending the country. And then yeah, just pray for the families in general. I think oh, of I like Sasha, that. who's has a little greenhouse and he has three kids. He's just trying to survive. You know, he just wants to faithfully provide for his family, serve God. And he's uh yeah, he's in a in a war zone right now. Yeah. And so I would just, yeah, just covet your prayers.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. I know many prayers will be lifted up. As, as we were talking just earlier, you know, this podcast just was really officially released yesterday. We've been so, so pleased at the number of listeners already, but I do not think, I'm not a believer in coincidence. So I don't think you are either. And I think maybe one of the primary reasons for the timing of the starting of this podcast was frankly to have this one, this discussion. Amen. It's such a, a large event and it's where hope started. And really a, a big deal in your life and obviously on the world stage so thank you yeah. for sharing that let's let, let's just turn for just one minute i know people like me are actively looking on how to support it we want to do something you gave us the link earlier we'll put it in the show notes i read it briefly but you, do you mind unpacking I, you don't have to go through every detail of it but just kind of the idea behind that it is, is that link take us will that support other organizations or is all of that uh, HOPE related?
1: So these dollars will go directly to HOPE. However, you can go right on our website and see we're, we're also pointing folks to other organizations that are also working in Ukraine, you know, Water Mission, Mission to the World, Samaritan's Purse. There's several organizations that we partner with. You could give the direct to them as well. But we've had, we've seen an outpouring of generosity and love and prayers as we've turned our eyes towards this crisis. So I would go, you know, go to hopeinternational.org/slash/ukraine/slash/assistance-fund-hashtag-donate, and you know, join in on the, uh, join in the on the movement to rebuild Ukraine. The last thing I'll say is, we kind of just put this together on a on, you know. Because we had the opportunity, I would encourage you to pray, but also listen in. We're going to have another podcast in a couple of days from Hope International's president and CEO, Peter Greer, who is going to be, things are changing every five minutes. So he's going to have more up-to-date, you know, relevant, frontline, here's what's happening and here's how you can pray probably sometime here in the next couple of days.
0: Well, again... Timely information. Thanks for taking the time to have this discussion, Jeff. Our prayers are certainly with you as part of the leadership of Hope, Peter, and the board, and all the employees, but especially those over there and your clients, I, I believe, as you call them, that are there, but really all the Ukrainian people. You know, we're so blessed in this country to, uh, it, it's moments like this when we take our freedoms a little less for granted. And so for those of us that are uh, in a safe place with extra resources, most of the people listening to this podcast are in that category, I encourage you to go to that link and uh, support. I can personally vouch for uh, for Hope and the leadership there, at, including Jeff here, who's, who's the founder. So we'll look forward to have Peter on as soon as we can, but thanks for listening. And folks, please click on that link in the show notes. And really, thanks for all you're doing, Jeff, and your organization. We're, we're Thank you, forward. Jeff. Okay. Tune in to the next episode soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Generous Business Owner Podcast with Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can find the guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.